When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, uh, just a quick announcement about today's show. This is going to be a special episode only for the fans, uh, the real fans. So if you're a Fairweather fan, a 9 to 5 fan, a 401k fan, a clout chaser, a fire Tomlin hashtagger, if you're a troll, uh, if you're definitely a hater, this show is not for you. Uh, Please enjoy one of the many other programs on Behind the Steel Curtain. All right, so this is just the real fans now. Uh, This is not a normal podcast. This is a pep rally. This is for everyone who didn't give up on their favorite team in the third act. This is for everyone who remembers teams of the past who were counted out earlier than week 17. If you remember six seeds making playoff runs, if you remember being on the door of the playoffs with an undrafted rookie, if you didn't give up on this team when we were one and three or when we were five, five and one, if you didn't give up on this team when we were down 29 to Minnesota, or if you didn't give up on this team when we were down 17 to Los Angeles, then this show is for you. It's a pep rally for the real ones. With two weeks left in the season, still knocking on the playoffs doors. Hell, still knocking on the division crowns doors. This is for you. We didn't give up when we lost to Tebow, when we lost to Bortles, David Gerard. Like Coach says, we don't run from it. We run to it. Let's get to the show. Joy. I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy. We talking about Twitter. Triple joy. Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple joy. If you think all opinions are valid, this isn't the show for you. You can listen to... Ryan, uh, you can listen to Bad or Jeff Hartman, you know, they'll validate anyone who will tip. No, this is What Yin's Talking About, exclusively on Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm Kyle Kreiss. Here with me every week is Greg Benevent. 
Hello. Joining me on Zoom, where are are you in your seat right now for the Brown game? Are you the first one in the stadium? Uh, I'm not the first one in the stadium, but I believe I am the first one to be wearing the clothes I'll be wearing into the stadium on Monday night. Already that wearing. That's right. Mm-hmm. What, what jer- is it? Is it going to be a seven jersey? It's actually not a seven jersey. Oh. It is uh, a, a Steelers. No, well, it's a, a Steelers T-shirt I've had from around that time that thankfully I still fit into with a ste- with at least one Steelers coat on top of that. Uh, uh, two layers of Steelers pants, one size medium, one size large, and two different kinds of Steelers socks on each foot. Woo! Now that's that's how you gear up for a home game on Monday night. I'm still deciding. Well, it's also cold in my mother's house too. So, well, yeah, yeah. you got you got it. It's got yeah. it's all about layers mm-hmm. on that Monday night when mm-hmm. uh, temperatures mm-hmm. below yeah. freezing, when when, mm-hmm. when when the when the ice is forming in the irons straight out of the draft. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm going to wear my Ben uh, home jersey or my Ben alternate jersey. That's the that's, mm. the, that's the big decision. Well, well, I see that just it. I think in the world of layering, I don't think you have to make that decision. I think you wear one and then the other over it or like a T-shirt in between them or that kind of thing. I don't think that's oh. an either or. I think that's an and. Okay. All right. Uh, this is what Jin's talking about. We are the conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation. And, you know, I always like to say that you are the person that you tweet as. You know, so the big mm-hmm. question right That's now right. here in Week 17 is who are you? You know, are you the, <laughs> the type of Steelers fan who always points out the negative? You know, the master of the obvious here, uh, 17 weeks in? You know, are, are you the type of fan who thinks you know better than everyone? Uh, do you need every moment of a season to go your way without whining? Then you might be in Steelers Nation. Uh <laughs> The, we, we usually, you know, it's all always about exposing the hot takes this week, but there's so many hot takes. Can, can we please to open with some of the good takes this week? Okay, that would be that would be a welcome change for this podcast. Let's get to the best takes. We'll start with at Dan Orlovsky over on ESP, oh. over on ESPN. This is probably one of the better coaching jobs of Mike Tomlin's career. We're talking about the season. Uh, The Steelers are going to have to draft a QB in the first round, though. He said this on Mm. Pat McAfee. All right. Uh, Mm. And let's continue that with at NFL Draft Bites, Chad Forbes. How the Steelers are above 500 is a great mystery and a testament to Mike Tomlin's ability to coach. Amen. Mm. Let's keep let's keep the Tomlin praise going. This is from in house mm. here. Our own at Fantaskippy Jeffrey Benedict, the uh, the behind mm. the steel curtain stats geek. People thinking Tomlin is going to get fired forget that Cower went twenty two and twenty six over three seasons and lost two of his first three games against the expansion Browns. And Cower oh. was never on the hot seat. All right. This is uh, everyone wants to fire Tomlin. And uh, hey, we'll, we'll, let's keep the Tomlin love going. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to end this Tomlin love because, hell, the rest of the show is all haters. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go to at B Walker dad on Brandon Walker from the new Pittsburgh courier, which I don't, I, you know, mm. I, I, I'm, I let my subscription on the old Pittsburgh courier lapse. <laughs> uh, but Brandon says, Mike Tomlin is the real Steelers MVP this season. Uh, tell me, 
you know, Tom, I'm I'm all about the Tomlin praise here in the in the face of right? our of our worst defeat. Are these takes mm-hmm. hot or are these actually good takes? Well, I think just because a take is hot doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. To me, what I always thought makes a bad hot take is one that's disingenuous or is simply uh, uh, piling on, whether it's a bandwagon for good or ill. I do agree that this is a tremendous, that this has been a great Tomlin coaching job for the most part. Throughout this season, this has been an incredible thing, as we've seen, to get this team, which, you know, whether or not, you uh, thought it was a strong team at the beginning of the season, whether you thought it was a weak team at the beginning of the season, you can't disagree that this team has had plenty of injuries. So thus to have them at 500 and in contention at this point is quite an accomplishment. My only thing that I did bump against and listening to a few of these is that, you know, I kind of worry sometimes that Tomlin, the talent evaluator can make things tougher on Tomlin, the coach sometimes. That, that is, I don't know, that's the, something that I do kind of worry about is that, you know, maybe if, because I mean, I, I look, I've read about it. I never have 100% certainty with exactly how much, you know, control Tomlin does have over roster composition, but I have worried at times when you do, but, but I've also learned over the years that whenever something tends to go wrong with roster composition, whenever a player isn't the best or something goes wrong with, you know, this draft pick or that one, I do find that we tend to, in the media, that's blamed more on Tomlin than on anyone else. So I wonder how exactly how necessarily true that is. You know, I I think that if we, We'd have to take a whole episode to really evaluate the mm-hmm. uh, the talent. You know uh, what 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 you what you said there to to Tomlin's uh, mm-hmm. how he judges talent and that you know because mm-hmm. every you know every T.J. Watt that we had sure there's been a uh, you know say a Mike Adams or something um, right. I was trying to think of a linebacker from UCLA that was bad a million years ago. Mike but Davis, yeah, Mike thing, Davis, exactly right. Mike okay, Davis, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's something that sounds right. Sure. At, um, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I you know in in uh, Bob Peppinelli kind of brought that up uh, in the past. The head coach was always kind of the CEO, at least under Dan Rooney. You know, mm-hmm. he had the final decision, and then Pompinelli was kind of saying, "Is that still the case? Does you know, mm-hmm. is it is it a balance of power between Colbert and Tomlin? Is is a, is a Rooney the ultimate decision maker? You know, it comes back to right. the nausea pick, is what it you know, because because Rooney mm. says, "Hey, we need a running back, or we need to have a better running game." So we went running back. We didn't go Creed Humphreys. You know, we didn't go. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, other, in another direction. So, and mm-hmm. you know, so you you can second guess the talent uh, judging, I guess. But uh, hey, let's go to. Um, but the actual coaching's been great. I don't. Th- I think that that's. I've, I have no problem with that whatsoever in terms of, you know, actually getting this team for what it is to where it is. I'm 100 fine with that. Let's go. You know, some of the there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of haters out there. We didn't expect to see the calls coming from our own building. Okay, this is this is the week that our own behind the steel curtain may have given up hope. And and what what a shame with two weeks left in the season with with our playoff hope still uh, hanging in the balance. That our, the home the home team here at behind the steel curtain has uh, has seemed to given up hope. Let's get to the tweets. At Jay Hartman underscore Pitt, Jeff Hartman uh, names his podcast Steelers Suck Podcast. I'm sick of the Steelers coaches. And then uh, Mr. Blue Checkmark, you know, at 
at Michael Beck 56. He, they, he had, I couldn't just pick one because he had, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple throw in the towel takes here. First, Najee Harris is such a talented player, but the pick was terrible because no one can block for this guy. Yeah, he seems to forget that we had a surprise, uh, a surprise retirement slash release on our offensive line. Um, you know, we had a we had a Zach Banner who never made it back from IR. Uh, let's, but that's not all from Michael Beck. <laughs> At Michael Beck fifty six, hey, hey, we know Michael Beck. I'm I'm tearing up most of the roster in the off season. Okay, you know, sure, maybe they won't be the same fifty three, but I bet about thirty five of them are going to be back. And mm-hmm. the maybe the 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 hottest of hot takes from our own Mister Blue Check Mark. <laughs> For as big of a fan as I am of the Steelers, I do not want to watch them get slaughtered in the playoffs. I mean, is it so we we need to lose now so we can't even lose in the playoffs? Is that the take? <laughs> I mean, I, I I always go back to, I mean, no matter what, no matter anything, if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you want to do that. I mean, even if you were to, for whatever reason, as we sit here on, you know, New Year's Eve being like, well, let's tank now. It's like, ah, are you really going to get something that much better for losing these next two games versus what you will get in terms of experience, in terms of seeing this team, uh, uh, how it comes in the next season, feeling better about things, uh, having gotten into the playoffs. I mean, it truth. The thing I would like to see the most from this team at this time is improvement. I want to see them play better than they did in the last week. I want to see them do better than they did because that's the kind of thing that can lead to a team actually doing better in the next season. I mean, we, you, you know, we talk so much about, you know, when Cower had the losing seasons and this and this, well, you know, some of those seasons that we talk about as losing seasons, they did better at the end of the season. And that led them out. That helped in some way to get out of, the uh, uh, next to, to get out of it to do better in the next season. So yeah, I think getting into the playoffs and getting slaughtered or whatever, or losing a playoff game badly is still infinitely better in terms of how the team is perceived and how the team perceives itself than uh, 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 than to not make the playoffs. But um, you know, I mean, yeah, Najee's a great player and no one can block for him. But that's you know, it took a lot of ex- almost extraordinary bad luck for it to get to that point. And um, you know, I, I imagine when people say. I want to tear up most of the roster. I, I assume they're thinking about specific positions or, or you know, different situations. And I'm sure there's some, you know, there can be some what might seem to us like dramatic changes to be made that could potentially improve the team. But uh, the truth is, you know, while you can improve a team a lot over the course of an offseason, you can't really tear up most of a roster and expect to improve, which, if nothing else, is kind of what we should have learned through this year, this current offseason with the offensive line. I mean, if you didn't like off at last year's offensive line, we did tear it up. The, uh, yeah. the uh, yeah. results have not been better. Well, that, you know, that's the 60 second way of just saying this. I definitely took longer than 60 seconds. Dumb takes. You know, no one expected a win this Saturday. Who circled a win against the Chiefs either back in August or here in December? You know, uh, <laughs> no one was expecting a win. And that shouldn't have changed how you felt about this team, uh, you know, despite losing, what, 36 to 10? And what if it was 36 to 30? Would the, would the record be any different right now? We'd still have well, to. I... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think, honestly, I think some of this for some people might have come from the fact that they, they gave the 10 and a half points. 
Uh, I mean, they took the 10 and a half points rather. And I imagine they would have appreciated 36 to 30 more than that because they would have won. But uh, the money. But uh, other than that, yes. Uh, uh, your point is, what's well, like no one expected this game to be good uh, uh, from any point in the season, any point uh, uh, in the offseason. So, yes, your point is well taken. Yeah, it's just, you know, some of these nine to five fans. I saw a couple people not I won't even I'm not just trying to single out our own people here on Behind the Steel Curtain, but I saw a lot of people on Twitter or I saw some of the, you know, bloggers and podcasters talk about I would have turned off this game if I wasn't getting paid or if it wasn't my job. Yeah. Guess what? Uh, That's called a nine to five fan. All right. Yeah. Some of us are doing this for the love of the team and, uh, you know. People complaining like, oh, it was my job. I would have turned this game off if it was my job. It's not a booster with a big enough blank check. You can't pay me enough <laughs> to turn off the game. All right, let's get to let's get to the Tomlin haters because they're, you know, they're in full force here mm-hmm. at Blitzburg Six. This is Dave. I'm gonna say it and I don't care who likes it and who doesn't. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm, I'm coughing up a lung. <laughs> if this was any other owner franchise, Tomlin and his whole coaching staff would be firmly on the hot seat. The fact that Canada hasn't been fired is amazing. Tied a franchise record from 1940, shakes my head. They're talking about no points in the first half uh, in five straight games since 1940. Yeah, it's a mm. damning stat, but uh, mm-hmm. you know we're still here in the playoff hunt. What do you, what do you think about uh, – who is Canada getting fired – I don't think he's going to get fired. I, I, be, it, frankly, I am at the point where I'd be surprised if he was back uh, uh, for next season. But I, I would like to start with, you know, uh, no one has ever started a tweet with "I'm going to say it," and I don't care who likes it and who doesn't, without a firm, firm hope that many, many people like it. Yeah, that's, but- uh, that's the first thing to keep in mind, um, and, and especially when you do it and then you're repeating uh, conventional wisdom. And uh, the thing that most people are saying it, um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I think the, the fact that, and I'm sure we'll probably touch on it at some point, the fact that they let Clem leave for Oregon early, I think is as dramatic an in-season coaching change that the Steelers are likely to ever make in our lives. I think that <laughs> is as close as you're ever going to get to a, a coordinator being fired or anything of that ilk. I mean, it's, you know, the one story that we all know, and I believe this is the case, is that the last time the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they fired their, I believe it was the coordinator uh, with like six games to go or something. And then they went on that run, which, you know, largely consisted of throwing deep passes and getting uh, pass interference calls, which is a very different offense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about the franchise staff in 1940, that needs to change. That's not nearly good enough. And, but, um, and I would be surprised if Canada comes back, but, you know, again, I, I, I can't uh, I'll blame this entirely on uh, uh, Tomlin, uh, the way this has been. You know, there's another stat that we tied or broke this season. It was uh, fourth quarter comebacks in a career, Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's we can all pick and handle 80 year old stats that we that that we want. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let, let's get to one more topic of Tomlin hate. This mm-hmm. is from at Steeler Sanctuary, Steeler Sanctuary 16. I'm really starting to wonder if Ben Roethlisberger carried Mike Tomlin all these years. Now that he can no longer do that, Tomlin is being exposed as a very average coach. I saw a couple of these uh, come come down the pike after the game that Ben has been carrying Tomlin these years. Okay, maybe. Uh, I mean, it, 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 I, it, it's always kind of confused me, and it's especially interesting 
that this happened on a day when, you know, Belichick, our grand example of the greatest coach of all time, uh, lost a game they absolutely had to win with his quarterback, who was not Tom Brady. And um, yes, by being a coach that has a Hall of Fame all-time great quarterback, that continues to make you good. But there's no telling that they don't make both each other better i mean it's 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 uh, it's like oh okay maybe i don't know if ben carried or the coach carried him or the quarterback carried the coach i kind of get the feeling they tended to work together since they seem to do it very well for so long but um yeah it's it's what was it's like one of those things that you can't prove the negative of so i i, I and also too if tomlin ever does find does stick around and find another very good quarterback at uh, uh what an accomplishment that would be it, this whole argument to me is so bananas you would never say this about someone else oh the coach is only the coach isn't as good without his hall of fame quarterback well yeah the hall of fame quarterback isn't as good without a good coach i yeah. you know it, it, these takes are bizarre to me they yeah, really bill, are bill walsh would have been nothing without joe montana you know it's like ah, is that even i don't know you know it's just yeah it doesn't happen right no one says tony right. Dun, tony dungy would have been nothing without uh peyton manning like okay right you know? i mean it's yeah they, they, yeah he got yeah he played well with the other quarterbacks okay but this is part of being a good coach to get plenty out of your quarterback i mean it's not like these two work independently of each other and and don't forget uh some of tomlin's best victories have come without ben i'm talking about uh duck against the chargers i'm talking about Mm -hmm. uh mike vick against the chargers uh, running the wildcat Mm -hmm. for the win what about denny dixon uh against the ravens you know charlie uh charlie batch against the ravens at um we haven't mm-hmm. had we haven't seen what these people are talking about. We haven't seen. We haven't seen an era without your Hall of Fame quarterback. So mm-hmm. all right. Uh I, I think that Tomlin, you know, all this negativity is coming out there. I think Tomlin had the right approach to this from the press conference. Let's let's play I want to play a soundbite here. Uh Tomlin Please. Tomlin's take on all this negativity and what he's making the emphasis be this week. Some of the negativity that you mentioned, we've all absorbed, and that's why we don't have secure playoff positioning. That's why Cleveland doesn't have secure playoff positioning. That's why Baltimore, Miami, and others like us don't have secure playoff positioning as we sit here today. Our ability, like their ability to get singularly focused this week, bring the best out in ourselves and show up in the stadium, not caring the negativity that's associated with the seven or so losses that we've had, what? but the positivity that comes with some of the good experiences that we've had. And, and so that's the messaging. That's the approach. And I'm excited about delivering it this week. You know, you can you can cry and moan about, oh, we tied the Lions. We, we, lo- we almost lost to the Bears. Or you can take Tomlin's approach and you can look at what we have accomplished and bring that into the biggest two games left of the season. Talk about how we went into Buffalo and took on the Bills. Talk about how we went into Cleveland and took on the Browns, right? there, Despite this being a statistically uh, horrific, I'll say horrific stat-wise team, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. there's still a lot of positive to bring into this, this these next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, absolutely. I agree with that 100 percent. Now, just piggyback on top of that, having listened to that clip again about just, you know, take away anything about football or anything like that. Wouldn't you like to work for someone like that? 
Wouldn't you like to have your supervisor be someone like that? It's just like, okay, this is, yeah, it's their things are going well badly. And the people are saying things about us, but we're going to focus on the positivity here. That's what we're going to work on together inside this office, inside this, you know, and do our jobs with that in mind. That's what we're going to use to motivate ourselves. That's again, it's a good attitude that if you can divorce it from your hot takes about your football team, it's an excellent attitude to have in life. Let me, let me, let me frame it like this. You can frame it however the hell you want to frame well I, you know let's look at what happened with urban meyer and you know the reports oh reports that he was you know talking down to his own staff uh mm-hmm. and you know how he lost the locker room you know so mm-hmm. you know let's compare how the two coaches handle it and i think that i'll take the tomlin approach <laughs> 10 out of 10 times there you go who's coaching this ball club mike t Tell him, Bryant. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, we, we got to talk Canada because you, a couple of weeks, I think Canada was off the hook, but no longer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at, this is from USA Today, at the Steelers Wire, Matt Canada really doesn't understand what his offensive roster can do and what they can't do. Okay. <laughs> let's. All right. How about from KDKA Zone? Chris Hoffman at Newsman Chris Butler and Canada need to be shown the door. And let me get one more. Steelers Mafia A, Deshaun to Pittsburgh, if that, that tells you anything. We interviewed <laughs> Hugh Jackson, a guy that actually knew offense, but took Matt Canada over him. All right, the Canada haters are out. They're acting like this is his first time uh, in a in a football stadium. <laughs> Well, I think it is one of his first NFL stadium, unfortunately. No, I mean, it's 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 easy. You know, it is very easy to pile on them when things have gone this badly. I Again, as I said, I'd be surprised if Canada came back next year just because, you know, I wonder if I worry sometimes that there it does feeling there has to be a scapegoat for this kind of thing. But what is interesting about the tweet you collected, and it's the last one. Uh, uh, despite the fact that just the name Deshaun to Pittsburgh made me shiver throughout my entire body (laughs) was that it shows exactly what the problem is with the fire the coach, blow up the roster idea is that first that sounds very, very appealing. Yes, let's do that. And then you get into specifics like, yes, and the solution must be Hugh Jackson. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, wait, wait a minute. No, it, it, it I, 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 you know, is that because that because I mean, it's it's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, a, a pitch on fourth down that gets blown up by Melvin Ingram is literally a nightmare that Steeler fans have had for months now. And it it absolutely came true. It's hard not to believe that by inviting Hugh Jackson through that door, that we wouldn't (laughs) invite in such similar terrors. It, um, yeah, I, I I do think it's easy to blame Canada. I have I personally have lost some faith in the guy and, and I, but I do not see that necessarily as just, a reflection on Tomlin. I think sometimes people get put into positions where maybe no matter how set up they were to succeed or were they not, that maybe they're perhaps not up to the job in the manner in which we had hoped. So I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see Canada gone at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, I, 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 again, whenever I think that, I come back to the idea of exactly what are you bringing in next? You know, Hugh Jackson or I mean, if you and you didn't collect them here, but there were a bunch of tweets where other people were suggesting other names and they're like, oh, this guy was a really good offensive line coach somewhere. And I'm like, oh, OK, it, uh, or even some guy on the Chiefs, they were all suggesting was like the running game coordinator over there. And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll and, get to uh, we'll get to everyone uh, with their crystal balls out. We'll get to that. In OK, the, yeah, in the second but, half of the show. it's when you get into specifics that all of a sudden my feet grow that much colder.
Um, you know, one last thing on Canada because it sounds like he's lost the broadcast booth. We are, we already know that Stan loves the show, does not love Matt Canada, but now even mm-hmm. at Charlie Batch sixteen, run a flea flicker without establishing the run shakes my head. Uh, you know, when you've lost both Stan and Batch, is that like losing Cronkite? Uh, I, I think it's like, you know, losing Kronos and Konos or whatever the name of the guys were from The Simpsons. I, yeah, I think it's it's I, I do think he's lost uh, both of them. And on that particular point, I think Charlie's right. I mean, as as you know, it, I mean, that's one of the very few football strategy things I know, even specific to the flea flicker, flicker and how many times you ran it, you know, playing Thanksgiving afternoon football with the other delinquents in your neighborhood is that you actually can't do the flea flicker without establishing the run. So that's why I was very 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 surprised to see that exact play so um you know it's it's good it's but Steelers Nation wanted a flea flicker last week they wanted to throw they wanted to to throw the (laughs) toolbox and everything they wanted the triple reverses and they wanted the you know the the I don't know what else they wanted they got their flea flicker they did get the flea flicker at the, uh, it's whether the wind carried it or it was Ben's arm or something. That was, uh, that was, it was interesting because I was just referencing Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving day football. And I know it was the Thanksgiving day football kind of pass, but, um, whether that was the wind or arm or what, but, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, is, 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 uh, it's hard to do much when you don't establish the run. And I think, uh, the flea flicker is certainly on that list. That's a joke to me. All right, we got we we're going way long. Let's get to our commercial break because okay. we've got to, we got to talk about yeah the the everyone with the crystal ball, uh, you know, mm-hmm. already looking ahead to twenty twenty two. We got to talk about you know we haven't really talked about Ben. We got to talk about Butler. We got to talk about James Washington. Uh, we got to talk about the Browns because right. that's what's really important. All right, hold on, we'll be right back. All right. Okay. All right. I'm hydrated. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I went and I went and subscribed to AT and T while I was gone. Thank you for the sponsor. Um, brain all right. Pills. <laughs> yeah. Brain. I got the brain pills on on order. Okay. All right. Let's dive back into the tweets here because we got to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about this offensive line. What you know? What is happening? We've never seen this before, uh, at least in my memory, which goes back about six days. Let's go to <laughs> at DVE Mike. We're talking Mike Pursuta. The, uh-huh. deci- the decision to let Clem play the rat leaving the sinking ship suggests that the organization might be throwing in the towel. It's either that or Clem was a bigger disaster than the O line play indicated. What this is? We've never seen a coach let go uh, midseason. But you know, we've seen other weaker teams do it, but not our, you know, our Steelers who keep coaches for thirty years or more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I tend, especially, you know, I don't know exactly when Pursuta tweeted that, and I do tend to like Pursuta for the most part. His takes are usually measured. The three thoughts after the game is a must-read for me. It usually comes a day or two later. But I will say, I tend to believe it's the latter point about the the bigger disaster thing just because of you know if you read if you saw Tomlin's comments to uh, during the press conference when it was basically like hey we didn't want this to be a distraction we didn't want this to hang over things we decided to ship him out and you know while Tomlin didn't say that 
it's hard not for me to think, and I could be totally wrong here, that the other time when we've seen this done with players, it is usually done with the ethos of we want uh, contributors, not passengers when they're jettisoned uh, midway through the season. And it's hard not to think on some level that includes offensive line coaches too here. It, it just for the same reason, again, is that it seems to be they place a real premium on eliminating distractions. I mean, if there's one thing I think whether the haters and the lovers of Tomlin can agree on, it's that Tomlin and the others see that as a priority. So by getting rid of a, uh, a potential distraction, which this absolutely was after those stories went out there, it does seem it's in keeping with what he's done in the past. This this feels a little I don't know. After hearing his explanation, it feels a little mm-hmm. less like a volunteer hostage situation um, and. I, I, you know, I'm. I don't know. Was the writing going to be on the wall? Were they going to let him go, nonetheless? Because the 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 conver- the conversation Tomlin was having was like, oh, this gives us a chance now to see if uh, if the next guy is going to mm-hmm. get the job. So basically saying like, okay, if we can win these two games, maybe he'll get the job. Uh, was so was he was he implying that it was inevitable that Clem was out? Uh, dis- irregardless of is that a word irregardless of the Oregon well, job? I, thought, I mean regardless irregardless this is that we, we do not grammar check this podcast <laughs> we're going to roll with it I think that does speak to pursuit of second point is that perhaps behind the scenes Clem was even lesser than we might have thought or might have hoped so I, I think that does kind of point to maybe Clem wouldn't have been back one way or the other and I frankly I probably would have supported that. I mean, again, it, it, you know, you think about the last time they play, played Cleveland and how much the offensive line looked like it was on the upswing and how it's never really replicated that play since. Um, let's get to one more point on the offensive line. This is from mm-hmm. the 93.7, the so-called fan um, at Paul Zeiss. I keep hearing they didn't address their offensive line. Well, they drafted Green and Moore, signed Finley, Coward, Haig, and Turner. They replaced their line coach, saw six new linemen and a new position coach. How is that not addressing it? Their evaluation of talent was just horrific. That's all. <laughs> he said horrific, but I, I can see the uh, the Freudian slip there, unless you meant terrific sarcastically. It, um, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've, We've kind of touched on already in this podcast. It's rare, unfortunately, these days I find myself agreeing with Paul Zeiss, who I think can be a pretty smart guy and certainly knows the game. But, uh, you know, he's right about this. They did invest in the offensive line. What they did not, they invested a lot of, you know, draft capital. What they didn't invest in it was capital capital in terms of uh, money, because, you know, frankly, they didn't have that much coming out of this uh, pandemic. So it, um, so yeah, their evaluation of talent at least as it pertains to this season and this offensive line was lacking. I don't think there's any way around that. So yeah, they definitely did try to address it. They tried to do it perhaps on the cheap in some ways, but they also tried to do it in a way that they actually could address it. So, yeah. Well, when, you know, we lost, when did we lose DeCastro? We were already in camp. When we, right. When- oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was Tur- Turner was the I mean, I think our podcast started not long at started like a few weeks after that to show yeah. just how late this was. It, um, so, there's, yeah, no, there's no there's no Alan Fanica's on the market in August, you know. Right. It's I know Christmas has passed, but if you went out trying to buy a gift like on Christmas Eve or the day before, then you know what it was like to sign Trey Turner. And, you know, and we. I, we weren't sure if Finney was going to 
become the starting center or not. And and, and he right. lo- the fact that he lost the battle to the rookie meant it was encouraging at least for uh-huh. you know for the rookie. Now it kind of says, well, what what did it mean about Hassenheyer and Finney? Um, right. You know, Dan Moore Jr. wasn't the plan uh, at left tackle coming into you know the season. <laughs> you know, th- right. th- this wasn't Tomlin's or Canada or even. Um, Clem's plan, you know, right. on you know day one. So they 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 had the, they worked with the tools that they were given or that they had available. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's you know we can let's move on. We haven't talked Ben just a little bit of Ben okay. because there's there's a there's a couple of mixed uh, takes here. Let's start with at T four TX checker X checker. Mm-hmm. Love Big Ben, but the reason for the bad starts is on him. A hundred percent could have been done better with Mason Rudolph in the first half of these past handful of games. What what's with the slow start? What are we seeing here? I, I don't know what we're seeing with the slow start. The fact that it hasn't improved in so long proves I'm not sure they they think what they're seeing with it either. Uh, I, I did want to say that this particular take, it's nice in a week where there's so many uh hot takes and negativity that at least has some silver lining of truth that we get a genuine, uh, uh, completely vapid hot take like this. <laughs> Is it the idea that it would somehow be better with Mason Rudolph? That feels like, frankly, a welcome throwback, like some kind of calming lotion or balm. It, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what we're seeing with the, with the, with the first half. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. It is, you know, of all the criticisms you can level, that seems like the most appropriate and the harshest. The fact that this team never seems to, that hasn't started, you know, competently in, in over a month now. I mean, that, you know, and again, it's fine to be outscored in the first half and it's fine to be, you know, it's perfectly understandable for the other guys to get a hot start too. And it's, and how many times have you and I said, we watch the games, they never seem to they always have to get the ball first it seems they've never gotten a chance to do the defer thing or get it to start the second half but the fact that they, they seem so overmatched in the first half uh and have been so consistently is a genuine problem well let's the the other the on the flip side of that is we'll go to at carter critiques christopher carter you know, Tomlin says he's not opposed to turning the keys over to Roethlisberger mm. for play calling. He says Ben's been part of the prep for play calling to start the games all season. Uh, this is what everyone wants. They just say, hey, let's put it in Ben's hands. You know, forget about Canada. Forget about uh, schemes. Let's just let's see what Ben sees out there and let him throw it. Right. And that's and that's the same thing we've always said would be, you know, when we would get that hot take is that, you know, as how many times have we said on this exact podcast about, you know, everyone that sees the hurt, you know, the no huddle, the hurry up and says, wow, Ben, it's great. You should let him do this is that, you know, you don't know how many times in the past that Ben has called the plays that you don't like that don't succeed, that don't work either. I mean, it's, it's the, I, 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 yeah, the idea that, you know, I've always felt that, you know, I thought always thought play calling was in some way a, uh, a collaborative thing. I mean, it's, I'm sure someone has a final call and in the end it is technically Ben since he's the one uh, that has the ball snapped in his hands. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I also have no doubt that uh, here's the thing. I imagine they've tried lots of different things over the course of the f- last five weeks and none of them have worked that I can't, <laughs> you know, I'm sure the idea about, you know, having read many takes about how they're egotistical and they're arrogant, they're stuck in their ways. That doesn't mean they haven't tried different things. I'm sure they have and they, and they all haven't worked yet. So hopefully that turns around. We've tried running it up the gut. We've tried uh, sweeps to the outside. We've tried screens to the wideouts. We've tried, 
flea flickers. We've tried, <laughs> you know, we've tr- we've we have tried it all, and uh-huh. it's and it's you know it's a testament to uh, one of the biggest challenges in the NFL, even still in our offensive minded era, is it's mm-hmm. hard to put together. Uh, a 10 to 12 play drive against a professional defense uh, consistently, right. you know, mm-hmm. and certainly, you know, without the big chunk plays that we're not able to get consistently, then the only way to score is if to put up consistent uh, long drives with the personnel we have is going to be a challenge. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. hey for the first time this season I think we've got some uh some blame nausea tweeters out there. Let's <laughs> let's get to at Linder Show Miami, John Linder. I've seen enough of Najee Harris this year. It's so frustrating to watch him run the ball. No speed, no aggressiveness, no nothing. <laughs> His numbers are a product of a sputtering offense. Well, is, is Najee have any, you know, he he's not, despite him about to set some rookie rushing records, he's not, uh, you know, he, he's not putting up dominant performances. No, but, but my first thought when I read, heard, read this take was they grow up so fast. <laughs> like we've come all the way to now we finally have bad takes on Najee. It got here this long. It, uh, the irony is the last sentence is technically true his numbers are a product of a sputtering offense yep. like this guy imagine having a take that's so bad it goes 360 degrees around till it makes its way back to the truth that's <laughs> that's the sign of a real bad take but um but yeah i mean obviously no speed no aggressiveness no nothing there's no anything that needs to be addressed with anything like uh, respectful opinion there that's absurd but it is uh, frustrating to watch it run the ball just for those same reasons that, hey this is a talented guy that you know clearly can't get anything going behind this uh, line and it's you know and it's going to and someday hopefully this never happens but that could be even more frustrating in the future a year when the offensive line is better and he gets hurt or something but um but yeah as it stands despite all of these things this team's best chance is to have him out on the field and continue to try and do more with them so you know it it, it, it's it's like so much the rest of this a frustration we'll all have to live with in hopes of a better tomorrow you know here's something this is like get ready for it Steeler Nation because uh if if all goes well this is year one of a long nausea career but guess what hopefully he's he's never going to be a guy with breakaway speed he's never going to be outrunning uh, cornerbacks mm-hmm. to the end zone. Okay, you know, but mm-hmm. he, but we've what we've seen him do is fight for yards in critical situations and uh, you know absorb contact and still move toward the first and uh, mm-hmm. leap leap over guys and mm-hmm. uh, you know catch sixty passes if need be. Um, uh, you know, it's sure it's frustrating to not have see running plays like you know some of the other teams in the league, but. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's 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 chill. Uh, r- uh, real quick, let's blame Butler because you know okay. I haven't even mentioned Butler and all this. We'll just <laughs> we'll we'll just do one here. I've got at Blitz videos Blitzberg. Butler should be ashamed. Mahomes has had like twenty seconds. This was uh, this uh, you know this was a uh, a lot of people were just like you know how they're not they're not blitzing Mahomes they, you know they're letting him just pick apart the defense we knew going into this game if you listen to Tomlin's press conference last week he said hey when you rush Mahomes and force him out of pocket or force him to move around that is when he beats you um, our mm-hmm. best strategy was to keep him in the pocket and uh, try to defend some passes which. Hey, you know Andy Reid said he loved our defensive scheme, but was was it was there really any other alternative? 
No, I mean, there, there particularly there wasn't any alternative once you we now real as we now know that you know T.J. Watt was essentially playing the game like after getting hit by like a combo in Mortal Kombat or whatever happened to his ribs in the last game. So he yeah, was show Ryukins. He was <laughs> right. It, it was yeah. It, it it you know so yeah. So it, it this was the best strategy. And, you know, and it's one of those things that, hey, had the offense managed to keep pace it very well, if it been, if the offense had been able to put any pressure onto the Kansas City team, it very well might have forced Mahomes into, you know, making one of those decisions that uh, uh, Tony Romo in the broadcast was so effusive in his praise that Mahomes managed to avoid because while he didn't feel any pressure from the pass rush, he certainly didn't feel any pressure from the Steelers offense to keep pace with them either. Yeah, yeah. And turnovers didn't help you know and again mm -hmm. you know we're the kind of team that has to play as flawless as possible right now so yes. turnovers certainly uh, are the opposite of flawless um and not that those turn nothing to matter you know when it's 36 to 10 you can't even say well three turnovers would have made it you know 21 to <laughs> 20 uh, you know but, but uh whatever okay let's let's move let's go to the crystal ball tweeters uh -oh. everyone who's already ready to make plans for the future we'll start with at pittsburgh sport steelers takeaways who's quickly mm. gone dark side this season uh no would be no who would be great as a steelers head coach Tony Dungy, a leader and motivator and an innovator as well. Someone who coaches to his talent. Someone who can rekindle that old Steelers flame. I mean, I, I just read this take and all I can hear. You know who would make a great Steelers head coach? My grandfather. He would come <laughs> in, a leader and a motivator, an innovator as well. Someone who coaches to his talent. I mean, it's, well, whatever respect I may have for Tony Dungy, the man is at last check 1,035 years old. He seems to be quite happy with what his job, which whatever it is, I'm sure he's giving sage advice and retweeting somewhere. And the man's done a lot and he's a great coach and seemingly a good man, all this. But, uh, but no, I mean, that's, that, that, that's ridiculous. That uh, who's to say that he would even be still motivated to do such a thing? I mean, this 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 is uh, this is. I mean, I guess Back to the Future is a kinder way of saying than living in the deep deep past. All right. Well, if we can't have Tony Dungy, well, why don't we get one of Tony Dungy's proteges? Is there anyone mm. out there? Could is there a Tony Dungy <laughs> protege who has gone to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl out there? Is there? Can you think of any? Is there a Tony Dungy protege who has uh, almost taken a team with an undrafted rookie? to uh playoffs is there is there a tony dungy protege out there who um uh you know has uh has basically taken a practice squad onto the field and is two games away from the playoffs is it can you think of anyone out there I mean, it, 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 the fact that these people say these things, is, you know, the, the tweets like that are just amazing to me. Of course. I mean, it's it's that that's that's the exact point is that it's almost like the coach they're looking for is like, you know, Mike Tomlin in year three. Like that's, you know, like Tomlin, the stuff out of the time machine, much less Dungy. Like it's I know, like this year's uh, Mike Tomlin. I like this mm -hmm. current Tomlin is, I think, a little bit more frank uh, in front of the mics. Mm -hmm. He's more willing to be like, put some respect on my on my name. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly. Okay, how about let's just do one more with these crystal balls. Uh, sure. This is from at TH Mead three Tom Mead mm. with Clem mm -hmm. leaving Pittsburgh. I'll throw Big K seventy three Kendall Simmons in as an option mm. to help Chris Morgan. The former Steeler was an offensive assistant at Auburn. What do you think about oh. uh, now? What do you think about bringing someone back? Uh, maybe not a Tony Dungy, but what about a, a Kendall Simmons? <laughs> 
I mean, while we have the time machine fired up, sure. I mean, is this how far back does it go? Can Simmons come out and play? I mean, this, this, you know, we, it's easy to fall into this thing and it's, and I do it too. I'm as guilty of as anybody. When you hear an old name that you remember fondly, it's like, yes, they'd make a great coach. It, uh, and then in real life, that's not, that's not at all how it actually works. It doesn't it, always um, work out. You know, Joey Porter was a coach that, that seemed to work out, but they let him go. Uh, Carnell, right. Carnell Lake was, uh, in mm -hmm. the, was in the defensive, uh, room for a while, but they, you know, they let him go. I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think did, did Woodson maybe intern? There I, was, there was taught, there was, yeah, he, he definitely was like interning or assisting or that like, you know, thing, but like they never actually brought him in for a job job. And I think he's still with the Raiders or someone out west but um but yeah there was always talk that they were going to give woodson you know who's better than all those guys a uh, uh uh some kind of permanent position but they never did i mean he's the one that at least has seemed to carve out a consistent coaching career outside of pittsburgh at least you know if you want to if you want a coach who can really develop players i'm thinking someone who developed uh guys like joey porter or like James Harrison, you know, made those guys who weren't first round talents and made them into uh, icons. Maybe a guy like Keith Butler. Oh, he's already on the staff. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and Jerry O. Don't forget Jerry O. For putting respect on people's names. That's Jerry right. Sasky, yeah. Who will be here forever for valid reasons. That, uh, that exact thing. Why can't Jerry O? Yeah, maybe he needs to put a helmet on. All right, let's get to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're so long as always, let's get to the mm -hmm. lightning round. Let's try to be, let's okay. see how quick we can do some of these. We'll start, mm -hmm. you know, let's start with at James Washington, James Washington himself. Mm. He, he was liking some tweets that, uh, like the tweets he liked said one, I said, I apologize for how the Steelers have tweeted you. You deserve better. And another one said free James Washington, uh, mm. is, is, you know, this is one of those kind of like lost the locker room type of situations. What? Uh, what do you feel about James Washington? I guess he's not going to resign. I'd be surprised if he did. Uh, uh, you know, two, I, I, I think the real moral of the story is, is never go on Twitter. I mean, I, that's the subtext of this entire podcast of ours, but I feel this is a place where like, Hey, where it's really obvious that you should by no means do that. It, um, also, I, I find it weird for as, as many different receivers as the Steelers have had as many that, you know, maybe they were problems in the locker room and their talent overrode that and they were still able to find success but it seems like this guy for whatever reason it, it it's never quite worked out i mean how many receivers have they ever had that had talent that they that ben and the rest of the team weren't able to find a way to use and with so many in the past i wonder if maybe this is another case of talent evaluation was maybe not what we'd hoped i mean it's he looked great at times in the year with doc but uh he's been more or less an afterthought since you know, the moment you drafted Deontay Johnson, it, 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 I don't, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hindsight now, but it seems like the writing was on the wall from, from that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Next. Well, while we're talking, uh, receivers here, uh, how about at Mark Cabali over the last three weeks, Ray, 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 Ray McLeod has been targeted 19 times. Jamar Chase targeted 22. <laughs> what this, hey, you know, what this tells me though, is that, uh, you're going to need all 53 – hell, even more than that. We've we've used 35 different helmets on defense already this year. And so that tells me that helmet number 53, Ray-Ray McLeod, he, well, he was helmet number 50 or 51 or 52, whatever, is going to be just as important as – you know, wide out number one in the room. We're going to use them it, throughout the season at some point. 
I guess my concern with this is that I, I, I'm willing to take Tomlin at his word about how they're really cut. The other teams are really covering and taking out of the play Claypool and Johnson and particularly in weeks without Friar mouth. Uh, they lack that other option and two throughout his career. I mean, whatever Chris's criticisms you could have made of Ben one was never that he failed to throw the ball around to his receivers that he locked on to one receiver. I mean, you could maybe say that a little bit during the Mike Wallace days, but not much since, but uh, so I'm willing to take everyone at their word that, you know, Ray Ray gets a fair amount of these targets because he is the most open option where my criticism would be. And obviously there's no way to know this is how many times was the play drawn up specifically to go to Ray Ray, because, if that was the case that that needs to stop but if he was the most open option on a given play i mean it's it's hard not to look at every time Ray Ray gets the ball and think ah that should have been juju which is true so <laughs> you know it uh, uh but yeah as long as as long as the play wasn't drawn up to go to ray ray as frustrating as it is i certainly understand all right one more in the lightning round here um let's go to at jake Volkusko, Jake Volkusko, mm. the Steelers team having seven wins shows how watered down the NFL has become. Uh, is the NFL uh, overall, is it a bad league this year or, or is parody actually a positive? Uh, parody is always a positive. Not knowing who's going to do what at this point of the season is absolutely a positive because I, I, this Jake person, I can't tell if they're very young or very old. Have, Having been older than someone that is very young at this point, I can tell you this is way more exciting and way more fun from a national standpoint, as opposed to the days when there were like, there was one team that was 14 and two, there was another team that was 13 and three, and that was kind of it. Like there, and there were like, you know, maybe some teams that were like 10 and six, a lot of teams that were like five and 10. I mean, it, this, this is this parody thing that so many teams are still in it and still have something to root for is way, way better for the league than uh, a, a top heavy thing, even though it gets some of the criers being like, well, there's no longer a great team. Who cares? You will find that this is the real iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Maybe it's parody. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's salary caps. But we've mm -hmm. seen we've seen this year uh, teams can look like a Super Bowl contender one week and then, you know, poop the bed uh, the next week. And we've seen it from everyone from the, we've seen the Bills. We've seen the Patriots. Mm -hmm. We've seen the Ravens. We've seen uh I mean, you know, West Coast teams like the Cardinals or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Rams, the Rams, every yeah. every team has shown, you know, flashes of greatness and has, you know, been in the doghouse. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that that's ultimately a great thing for the league. I don't think that it's a testament to just our team. You know, everyone looks right. Every Steeler fan says this is the worst Steelers team in in history. And statistically, there are some truths to that. But mm -hmm. we're, we're just as good slash bad as everyone else, at least in the division. Right, right, right. And I would and I, I even thought you were to say these teams are real good, you know, and then they're real bad in the next half, <laughs> not even the next game. It's it's a testament to how hard it is to win in the foot in the national football league especially with you know the injuries and covid and everything it's it's not easy if it was easy i mm -hmm. uh, everyone would get off their maddens and get down there on the gridiron <laughs> put in your resume for adrian clem's job if you're so uh, confident in your abilities uh all right uh let's get to the final word here it's i i've got okay. let's just get, i got one and it's not even uh on the page here I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go to at Rickfish four one two. 
The, okay. The Steelers lost. Everyone predicted it. Big whoop. We're still on this exact same track to make the playoffs. Two games left. Multiple ways to get into the dance. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- what's our What's our outlook? Two weeks left. No, that's exactly it. And the, and the truth is, as hard as it may be to believe in the wake of what we just saw on Sunday, if someone had offered us this in August, we probably would have taken it. If someone had offered us this when we were one and three, we definitely would have taken it. Win the last two games and get in. That is something we all all would have taken. There's no doubt. It, um, so, yeah, this is, you know, there are far far worse positions than this to be in there are far better ones too but uh the fact that we're still here at this point i mean it's you know it's one of those ways that a football season is like a football game you know we're now at the point in the, in the fourth quarter where you know deciding do you kick a field goal or do you kick a touchdown to you know try to come back uh, uh, uh this is what are you trying to do you're trying to extend the game well they've managed to extend the season to the point where the end of this truly matters and if you've given up on them by now, shame, shame on you. Uh, you know, we talked all season about being 60-minute fans and those who need to turn in their towels. And uh, just, you know, if, if you are not – if you've jumped off the bandwagon with two games left, then, you know, hey, that's on you. And we'll, we'll see if the bandwagon is accepting applications in the offseason. But um, – <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be, you know, it we'll probably both, is. Yeah. yeah, we'll both be at the game. Look for us in the stands. I'll be the guy, mm-hmm. uh, probably, um, probably with a big thing of nachos or something. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Christ. Uh, Greg, where are you on uh, on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Greg Benevent. B as in boy, E N E V as in Victor, E N T. All right, so uh, until next week when we're looking down Ravens week, hey, we, we got to get through the Browns first. I'm not even uh, I'm not even thinking about next week yet. We got to get through the Browns, and we need uh, let's let's do a rally chant for our defense because we need the defense to uh, to rise to the occasion here. Maybe Ben will win it in the fourth, but I need mm-hmm. I need the defense. Where's the defense? Come back, defense. We'll see you next week. Have a chill new year.